Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion, Carl Banks. Carl, the off-season part of the 2023 season is over. Players will be back for training camp in the end of July. Everybody's got a little time off. Coaches have a little bit of time off. Players get a little bit of time off. We have time off. But most importantly, we got to do a little recap of, of what we saw and some of the musings. I know there was something on Twitter that absolutely had you apoplectic last week. I, I, don't, I don't even know if it was. Uh, I wasn't apoplectic, but um, the, the fact that I think someone, po- well, I know someone posted, you know, without context, Jalen Hyatt is running with the third team all week and I'm like okay and like why is that even a story number one um he's a rookie number two he's learning number three there's a depth thing thing called depth chart and I don't think he was like the uh Giants number one draft choice um he was a third round pick yeah yeah, so welcome to a winning culture, folks, where you have to earn it and it's not given to you. And then, you know, a lot of smart asses are like, oh, are you trying to say it's a winning culture? That's how winning cultures operate. So they're operating like a winning culture. Um, so don't worry about Jalen Hyatt. He's learning. And I would venture to say he's probably um, trying to keep up. You know, the pace is pretty quick. And he he's, comes from a college situation. He's learning a new playbook. Uh, there are a lot of, listen, I saw Wandell Robinson out there, Sterling Shepherds out there. You got your free agent uh, class that's out there. And then you got your returning wide receivers, those with returning from um, injury like uh, Shepard. Guys are competing. Welcome to the big leagues. And for those who think that um, because you hyped him up to be this bigger-than-life figure that he should have been running with the first team, why? And it doesn't make him a uh, bad player. It doesn't make him a great player. Just manage expectations. The coaches know what they're doing. So, um He's gonna. I think he's 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 going to be working this off season with Sterling Shepard uh, here in New York in the New Jersey area. So he's just you know he's learning, man. He's 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 coming along, and you know it's a long season. And when you look at the way rookies contributed last year, expect him to contribute. But he's a third round draft choice. Yeah, and listen, we're not trying to give credence to whatever the post was that you know barring injury you know Jalen Hyatt's probably not going to have any kind of role and my whole thing is this we have a lot of fans that follow this podcast I'm the voice of the team you're the radio analyst you're a two-time Super Bowl champion so we look at things a little bit differently being inside the building and around it and it, these kind of things will whip 
a segment of the fan base up into a frenzy. Everybody is excited that the Giants traded up and they got Jalen Hyatt. But he was a third-round pick, which means that there is a learning curve and there are flaws to his game that precluded him from being a number five over Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith when they were mm-hmm. coming out. So there's things that he has to improve upon as a player. You did the inside the film room breakdown on him that airs on the giant social media platforms. Um, So it's a work in progress. Let it ferment. Let him absorb the information. Let the competition begin in training camp where he gets to go against the DBs. And then he goes against opposing teams, DBs, and he starts playing in game situations. And let's watch the player grow and earn his spot. It's that simple. He's not yeah. the fifth overall pick in the draft or the eighth overall pick in the draft or Odell is the 13th overall pick. And when, when the Giants took Odell, he's a guy that was taken in the third round with a lot of upside and with good coaching, Mike grow coaching him at the wide receiver position. Kafka is the offensive coordinator and Dable with his keen eye for offense. Let's watch him grow. Let's watch him learn because the upside is there. Yeah, but enough said. You know the obsession with charting uh, plays in a three-day camp. He's been a pro for three fucking practices, <laughs> yeah, literally. With the with with the veterans, he's been there for three practices. Um, whether you're impressed or not impressed, give him time. He's going to grow into it. They drafted him for a reason. He will be a contributor, but. You know, the report that he's running with the third team is if it's it's breaking news. Well, he's supposed to be running with the third team until he moves up the chart. There are a few people he's got to, you know, he's got to pass. So um, let's face it. You and I have a soft spot for Darius Slayton. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and what he's done and how he's sort of rebuilt himself and rebuilt his career to the point where, you know, he got himself a nice contract and you know, what I really love like watching. <clears throat> First of all, he looks like he's always having fun out there, but I like his yeah. lead. I like his leadership Yeah, in a subtle way. You know, he's not, he's not a boisterous guy. Like as far as, you know, really getting in people's face, but you know, like when you watch all the receivers work, um, <clears throat> he's first. The alpha, like he's the he's leading yeah. the way, and yeah. it's kind of cool to see a guy that last year might not have even made the team, or they might have traded him, and now he's first in line, showing everybody how to do it. Yeah, the the, the perseverance of that that young man has been uh, so impressive. But yeah, the one thing that is so obvious is just the way he moves around the building, the way he moves around the field. He's he's he works like a leader. He operates like a leader, but I'll tell you the the one thing that gives him credibility. And I said this from day one, the day I saw him in camp, Bob, is that he's always prepared. He knows what he's doing. He's one of the smartest guys on the team, um, especially in terms of his football IQ. So it's not like some dummy trying to lead guys. This is a guy who's self-confident, who his teammates will look at him. I'm sure he's got all the answers in the meeting. Uh, he knows adjustments and he moves like that. He's not, you know, he's not a deer in headlights. He's not a guy who say, well, wow, I got um, a stay of execution. So let me see if I could make it another year. No, he earned himself a nice paycheck 
And it's not impacting him because for him, he probably already felt he deserved it, right? So he just had to walk into that. So I'm, I'm super happy um, for him. Um, I had a conversation uh, with one of the coaches during um, this past uh, week. And it was funny, I, you know, we were talking about the rookie banks. And the thing that really told me this kid's going to be all right is they said he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And when you get a kid that doesn't know what he doesn't know, he's pretty fearless, you know, because he's, he's not, you know, there are no, there are no stigmas attached to, well, you better be careful for this. Well, you better look out for that. He doesn't know. He just goes and attacks it. You know, he attacks football, um, which I think that was uh, a, a huge, um, I would say, just kind of a confirmation of who they got. Because you watch him on film and you don't see a lot of hesitation in his game. So he's a coachable kid, but when you get them when they don't know what they don't know, they're 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 good to go. I mean, he's going he's always he's always gonna learn, but he doesn't come in with any preset uh limitations, if you will, at the cornerback position. So I thought that was that was great. Um you know, I talked earlier in the offseason about what I'd like to see Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Evan Neal do, you know, work, get some work together and um, hearing reports that that's happening. And, uh, and then I, I spoke to uh, Kayvon a little bit this offseason, and I told him one thing that I would love to see, and it's not even um, visible to the the untrained eye, but I told him I needed him to be it's equally as good from his left side as he is from his right side. And basically, you know, to put it in, in um, boxing terms, to have knockout power in both hands and, you know, to be able to, and he's not, he's not um, deficient on the left side of the offensive line. I mean, the left side of the defensive line by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but some of the things that he does when he's on the right side, um, and they're just, just little nuanced things that he needs to be as good as that from his left. And, you know, people can look at it and they go back and look at film and they won't know what I'm talking about, but he and I had a conversation and he knew exactly what I was talking about. So, um, I'm hearing that he's working on that, which is good. That's going to make him the most complete player. Um, Evan Neal, they tell me he's working well. I haven't heard any reports on Aziz Ojolari, which may be good news. Um, so, you know, some of the key players are, you know, they're working to get better working, you know, their, their leadership by example is, is good. And I, and I like that. Um, and you know, the schedule is what it is. Everybody plays it, you know, stay healthy, stay available and, and see what happens. You know, everybody's saying, well, the Giants are playing a playoff schedule. They're a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, the schedule is a random, it's not a random, it's a set rotation, and they just happen to be playing the AFC East this year, which has really good teams, especially with Aaron Rodgers being added to it, and if Tua stays healthy, and Buffalo is a double-digit win team every year, and you always have to deal with the Patriots, <clears throat> so that makes the schedule hard, and then you play in the NFC West, 
with Seattle was a playoff team last year. San Francisco is a perennial Super Bowl favorite. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Donald and, you know, Stafford and those guys remain healthy, I mean, you know, that that changes that dynamic. And, you know, Arizona's in a rebuild. So, yeah, the schedule's hard, but it is what it is. That The players and coaches don't worry about any of that. That's a fan media thing. I want to go back to the polishing yourself on the other side. Obviously, you played with Lawrence Taylor for a majority of your career. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it's not a video game in the sense that there were times where you lined up on the same side. There were times where you flip-flop. How did you perfect your edge rush and your technique to be as good on both sides? I mean, you mostly lined up on the tight end side, but not always. Mm-hmm. How did you improve yourself in that regard? Well, we had more practice time. Number a one. lot more, and a lot more yeah. hitting time. Yeah. Um, but if you didn't, there was someone waiting to take your spot. So you were like, wherever they lined you up, if your coaching staff had packages, right? And if you're ineffective, you know, operating from one side, then you're not going to be a part of that that package. But to be able to give the defense the versatility that it needed, um, that was why we were ambidextrous in terms of how we played. We had to learn every position. We had to know every technique from each side of the football. Um, But knowledge is one piece of it. Execution and performance is another. So if you're really good on one side, you better be really good or equally as good on the other side because then – the opposition can't say, okay, we can run this when he's on this side because he doesn't hold up or he's doesn't move laterally left as much as good as he moves laterally. Right. So those things are uh, the things that you have to, if you want to be a great player, you've got to work on things from both sides because, you know, again, if a guy can only go left in basketball, then they're going to push him right. He can only go right in basketball. They're going to push him left until he can prove that he can, he can go left and make a shot. You know, every organization has its tradition, right? I mean, obviously, the older organizations have a much richer, steeper tradition. But, you know, and then there's threads and there's ties. And I thought that the mini camp that they had last week might have been one of the really cool things. If you're into sort of threads and ties because I was thinking about what you were just talking about and Brian Dable spent a lot of time working for Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick was your defensive coordinator and he insisted that everybody knows everybody's positions so that there's versatility which now we fast forward from the mid 80s to 2023 Mm -hmm. and Joe Shane broke in you know, with the Miami Dolphins when Bill Parcells was running the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And Dable comes from, you know, that Belichick way of thinking. And you see the kind of players that they draft. You see the kind of players that make the roster are players that can be versatile and serve many different roles. So my long preamble to all this was, you know, I walk into MetLife I walk into the Quest Diagnostics Training Center last Tuesday morning, actually last Monday, and uh, 
you know, Darren Waller's in the cafeteria. See Daniel Jones. Tuesday begins the veteran mini camp. And when I walk in early on Tuesday morning, somewhere around 8.15 or so, who's sitting there holding court but Bill Parcells? Yeah. So he's there with Joe Shane and Brian Dable and, of course, Ronnie Barnes, who's been there forever, director of medical services, the best trainer in the National Football League. <clears throat> They're there. And it's just like all these ties and connections kind of coming together. And Coach Parcells was there, and he was watching practice. Um, although he, I thought he was going to fall off the tackling dummy when they blew the whistle for the start of a period. And the, the and, sound. And the starting defense and starting offense all come on the field. And all of a sudden, everybody takes their helmets off. <clears throat> and they run through this thing to, you know, make sure there's no contact. It's like, you know, the new wave of the National Football yeah. League. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was, like, really cool. I know you got a chance to spend a bunch of time with them during the practice. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to share some pictures. we got some pictures that we're going to show. Uh, but what was it like catching up with Coach Parcells in person? Because I know you talked to him, yeah. but just actually see him. It was abusive. <laughs> abusive? <laughs> some things never abusive. change. Some things never change. Uh, well, the beautiful part of it was, you know, just reminiscing uh, about the state of where the Giants is this year coming into coming off of a playoff win and um, where we were, it was kind of a similar situation, you know, and trying to get the roster together. So we talked a lot about that. And, uh, you know, I got caught up in a, in, in a, a round, round robin discussion uh, with Dable, Ronnie Barnes, uh, Joe Shane, and I, I forget who else it was. I have a picture of it. Uh, but they abused me because they were talking about practices and um, what was asked of players then and now, and Bill just started waxing poetically. And I'm like, Bill, that's nothing. That's you're admitting to abuse. That was, that was player abuse. Uh, but it was, it was so cool. He still got a keen eye though, when he's watching this stuff, doesn't oh, he? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's all, I mean, it was just awesome to see. And then um, Coach Dable was, um, obviously, he knows Coach Parcells. Joe Shane knows Coach Parcells. And, you know, just the, the, um, the, the, the familial connection of, you know, the Giants thread. And I think they asked, uh, Bill to break the team down and I think he gave a speech on one of his best that that he likes to give is the the enemy uh, from within you know and and just talking about what what can tear a team down and what keeps them together so I think that was uh, one of the things that he talked about uh, with this team after one of the practices. Pretty cool, right? I mean, you got Carl Banks is there, two-time Super Bowl champion. You've got, <clears throat> excuse me, there's always a lot of former players around. You know, it, it had to be cool, even for the. Even, now remember, these are 21 year old, 22 year old guys. Mm -hmm. Parcells last coached in the league in the early 2000s. So, like, 
in the birth year of these guys, his career yeah. was wrapping up. Yeah. But his presence in the building, the pictures, the montages that they have up, the photos, obviously the four Super Bowl trophies. He took a picture in front of the four trophies when he was leaving the building on Tuesday. Then Strahan pops in. So now the guys know who Strahan is from being on yeah. TV. And you're there. And it, it's gotta it's gotta be a cool resource for the players to to be able to kind of touch Giants history on a daily basis because there's always somebody popping in the building. You know, and the beautiful part about it is that um, the guys who do come in the building, Brandon Jacobs was there. Yeah, as well. Brandon was there. Um, the guys who come into the building <laughs> are accessible. They're accessible to players. And um, as a matter of fact, I should have called you. Sterling Shepard was looking for a place to play golf in Orlando yesterday huh. and i was like i called another buddy of mine i forgot to even say bob would know um but it's we you know we've been resources for those players but we're accessible if needed i don't think we insert ourselves anywhere um but you know guy wants to talk we're here you know and and that's that's really cool yeah, and like Sean O'Hara is, you know, because he works with us in the giant media yeah. platform. So, like, what a great resource for, you know, the rookie center. And he's already had a couple interactions with Sean about sure. this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, you're not well, overstepping, but you're right. there to help. And here's the other thing, too. Um, the players that are there have accomplished something. That's the beautiful part about it. Like, they're not guys hanging on and, uh, clinging to modern day players, they're real resources that walk through the building that have, you know, been champions that can kind of talk you through some of the areas that that may um, may be bothering you at times. You know, like a like a rookie who, um, like a Jalen Hyatt, right? Um, He's got Sterling Shepard there, but he's also, you know, Victor Cruz will be in that building. And Toomer, uh, the Giants' all-time leading receivers in yeah, the building so a lot. Help, help, you know, a young player navigate, not coaching, but just helping navigate some of the nuances of the game to help, you know, um, speed that process. So it was, it was a cool scene there. Um, you know, listen, my little man, Max, who's eight, he got to meet Bill Parcells. <laughs> Um, didn't know who he was, but he sees his picture all throughout the building. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's him. And then they got all the Hall of Famers before he entered the cafeteria. That's him. Mm -hmm. That's the guy in the montage in the lobby. That's him. <clears throat> so, uh, kind of a really cool experience. And and I, it was it was Giants history tied into the present and yeah. kind of all of the ties, which I think for Giants fans, I think that's important because. There were a couple of years there after Coach Coughlin where there was a little bit of a disjointed, right? It didn't feel like there was a giant thread to the past necessarily yeah. connected with the coaching staff or, or whatever. And it feels like, okay, it's there. Well, yes. And, what, 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 and I don't want to say this the wrong way, um, but there were – there were some instances where that thread was not even sought because, you know, there's some coaches, head coaches that'll come in that are very confident in what they can do. 
right, and what they want to institute. They're not intimidated by the presence of an ex-player. Maybe they use that player as a resource or they're just not intimidated by them. And there are other coaches that have been in the building where, you know, they, quite frankly, there was a, not intimidation, maybe insecurity or just didn't want to have anything to do with anything. They're just insecure and wanted to close ranks around any and everything. So, but that's, that's life. That's coaches. You know, they're human too. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest, easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, casino games, card games are available. Head to the website or your mobile device. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V. Fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Just in wrapping up here, Carl, uh, there was some news late last week that uh, evidently <clears throat> the Barkley Giants camp uh, opened up some talks again. There was a report that the offer that was pulled is kind of back on the table as a starting framework, uh, <clears throat> probably guaranteed money. The actual guaranteed money is probably what's going to be the sticking point here. But as my buddy, Pat Kerwin, who you know, well, uh, always says, and Andrew Brandt, another guy, uh, you know, deadlines make deals, mm -hmm. right? So we have until the midway point of July, uh, although the players are off and the coaches are off, the GM's job is you, you're never off. Right. So, you know, Joe Shane, I'm sure the Barkley representatives, it behooves the team. It behooves Barkley. From a salary cap standpoint, from a injury standpoint, and a security standpoint, to get something done. I positive news that as minicamp had ended, and everybody dispersed, that there were Barkley talks as opposed to. I was thinking back to Parcells, uh, the years that you couldn't get the draft picks in, the holding yeah. out era, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. whole thing. Um, yeah, you know, the thing is also with uh, Joe Shane, I'm sure he and his wife want to go on vacation too. And uh, Joe Shane has a boss. His name is is uh, John Nara and Steve Tisch. And they're going to ask him, how are we doing with Barkley? Right, because the thing is, it's not you're, not, you're not negotiating with a player who you don't think you want. I think everybody knows how the Giants uh, ownership feels about him, but they stay out of the way, but they're going to want to know updates, right? And if you're Joe Shane and your wife has a vacation plan for the offseason, with obviously, you know, the wife of a GM, she always has to know that those plans could change or whatever. But I'm sure everybody, including uh, Joe Shane's wife is hoping that, hey, maybe we can get this deal done so we can actually go on a real vacation before camp starts instead of you running out of the house playing golf with a phone in the other hand. Right. Well, let's hope it, let's hope it gets done. It would free up salary cap space. I think the Giants are a little under $4 million right now well, that they have an available space. Free up mental space, too. Because yes. this is in the heads of a lot of Giants fans, too. So... Uh, they would have a clear head going into camp, but um, I, I believe it's going to work out. Anything else as we wrap things, we button this up before the start no, of camp? 
Nope, but you probably won't. You guys probably won't hear from me again until camp, and you'll see my pictures on Instagram for somewhere in the world because I'm I got a couple more spots to hit before the season starts. Yeah, what well, do you want to just share quickly before we wrap it up here about your 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 trip that you went on? Oh, just a little truffle hunting, a little tuna from the Adriatic Sea, you know, little little Croatian vacation, if you will. It was the most amazing, amazing um, trip. It was so you just, went digging for truffles? I went truffle hunting with uh, some dogs and my guide, and I actually got two truffles. Well, they got the dogs got two truffles. We actually had three, but the dog ate one. Uh, really? But it was so much fun, and then we ate no, good food, man. That's thousands of dollars the dog was chewing on. Well, they in in that region they're plentiful. <laughs> um, olive oil uh, tasting, like you've never had olive oil before. I they, it's different. There are different levels to olive oil, and I had a chance to do that. Um, had here's here's an experience that i can always say i had but i would not do it again 15 course meal oh. nine flights of wine oh. and this is free i mean and this doesn't include the other wines that they were serving us pre-dinner and it was an experience bob it was you know uh, <laughs> how could you taste the food after nine different wines they don't give you a lot of food bro 15 courses but it was about five and a half hours in a dinner that starts at like eight just imagine so it was it was a, it was a great experience i can say i did it but the wine was great um yeah and actually, they are getting a PGA endorsed course in the Istria region. Oh, really? Of Croatia. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a course that you literally look across and you see Slovenia to your left, and a little further out, you see Italy. The tuna from there is pretty good. The Sicilian Dude, tuna, had, like when I was in Italy. Oh, man. I had, um, when I had tuna tartare, I bit into it. They thought something was wrong with me. They're like, is everything all? I'm like, yeah, this is different. Yeah. This is different. And the thing is, the Adriatic Sea, they say, flows counterclockwise. So okay. they get all the freshest water. That's why uh, the tuna is so good. And did you know, fun fact. Um, fun fact. Croatia is the number one supplier to Japan for sushi grade tuna. Really? Yep. Did not know that. Little yep. fun fact. Little yep. tuna fun fact with Carl yeah. Banks. Speaking well, of Bill Parcel, the tuna. <laughs> yeah. Perfect way to wrap it up. Yeah. All right. So uh, how do we like to end it? Tell a friend to tell a friend. We'll see you when camp starts. If there's any breaking news, obviously, we'll drop in with a little shorty. But, uh, yeah, tell a friend to tell a friend. i got a big season coming up. Make sure you check out Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.